0: hey, how about today? Like, come on. That was amazing, wasn't it? Um, you guys are, pr- because you're here all the time, you kind of go, no, that's pretty good. Um, like, This was our first day. We were like, wow, this is really great. So um, thanks so much for that. We were watching the two-year-old sort of hit the wall in the back. Um, and it's a little bit, last, last time we took our kids to Disneyland, and they say it's the happiest place on earth, but at about 11 o'clock, Uh, It's not so happy when all the kids have hit the wall, kind of a thing. So if you've got, for those of you, and almost everybody here that you're actively parenting, bless you, we're not. So we feel the love of Jesus a little more, because we're not like, did you get the coat? I didn't get the coat. No, go get the coat. We need the coat. Like all the active parenting, we'd love to meet all of you. We've, We've tried to meet some of you, but like, You know, if you're right in the middle of an active parenting moment, don't feel like you have to introduce, because a couple times we were saying hi, and we could tell couples were trying to go, you go and get the water Oh, hi. (laughs) Hi. Thank you. Loved your message. Thank you. No, get the water bottle. Yeah, no. Okay, we'll see you in there. Okay, I gotta go. I mean, so please parent. Like, uh, ignore us if you're parenting, but we would love to get a chance to meet you when you're not, or if it's going well. So, so
1: we were um, brainstorming some new ideas about ministry that Don and I would, were, were coming up with some names we've today. Been so we've been inspired.
0: So we've been inspired
1: by being with you, and so we were like, we first started out with the idea of better than bub- better Jesus.
0: Butter sculpture ministry. Better sculpture that ministry. That we could take on. So we Just thought maybe
1: we could do that, but then we were like, instead, because of today and what we got to do, we came up with, I will make you an ice fisherman ministry yes. so we did this is our t- new ministry ice fishing yeah. which is on so, our bucket list that's it there we it. go that's the awesome. little
0: couple from phoenix ice fishing okay so
1: it happens. yes
0: our friends in phoenix will say it's just a backdrop that didn't really happen we went to scottsdale and they just take pictures and photoshop but you guys if we have to we'll call and say no so actually-
1: we need if you're in uh, unit 124 sheila and brian we need you up here to come to the Jenga set sheila and brian are they there
0: all right, come on you're up. up. You're up.
1: When it, okay, and then um, let's see. Let's say if you're in 205, Todd and Ann.
0: Yep, you're up. You come on up okay, too. You're coming up to the Jenga. Report to the Jenga station. And yes, yes, we're jinging. And yes, then
1: we're... we also need Andy and Corin. Is i getting that right?
0: Yep, come on up. Okay. Report to the Jenga. Okay, you're okay. going to stand behind the Jenga table. You can okay. see the Jenga has become slightly disoriented <laughs> after the kids club. So okay. Um,
1: well, have you go first? Yes. Pick your, right. pick your. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You can pull one out. We're looking for the non-essential, what? non-essential, the non-essential piece. Right, the
0: essential piece will cause it to crack. So yeah, well, we're gonna find out, huh? So, okay. Once you touch it, you're committed.
1: It's. Let's it's the pinky method.
0: The pinky method. That's a, that's a good tried and true method.
1: It's okay. Go ahead. Keep you're in. You're, in. you're all the you're way, all way in. You're all the way in. All the way in.
0: You're all the way Keep in.
1: Committed. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not going to work at all.
0: Oh! Thank you. Thank She you. saved
1: the rest of you. Everyone can Thank have a seat. You. Look at okay. that. You, you're all imperfect. done. That's a
0: perfect... Yeah, you're good. We'll put it up. We'll, call, we'll, yes. we'll do a yes. Second, yes. second
1: try on that
0: it looked right it looked it looked non-essential right this it was is the,
1: obviously an essential piece to the whole it structure. was an essential
0: piece yeah when you get the essential you find out because everything crashes when you hit an essential piece yeah
1: okay so just by way of review in what you heard this morning tell me something that you heard us talk about this morning Butter Jesus, Butter Jesus go ahead. and here's a
0: chocolate. There you go.
1: All right. Okay. Someone else. I'm in. I'm in.
0: There you go. There you go.
1: Oh yeah, that's dangerous. I okay. know. Okay. North. True North.
0: Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it happens. It happens.
0: Welcoming. There you go. All the nuts have been removed, by the way, for those after the announcement that Pete made about the danger. <laughs> we did have, we the did danger have. of nuts creeping up <laughs> and taking us out. So there are no nuts in yeah. here, just so you'll know.
1: Okay. Someone else. Anything else? What do you fix fix your your eyes eyes on? on. And then I heard another one over here. What am I thirsty for? Yes. Receiving. Receiving. That's the chocolate right there. There you go. Anything else? Living water. Living water. water.
0: Thanks, Lee. They were listening. I love that.
1: Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, look at that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Using your kid's name to build them up.
0: Yeah, when they're not in trouble. When they're not in trouble. I know it's crazy. It's a crazy (laughs) idea. It's wacky. That's awesome.
1: Anyone else? One more. Anyone else?
0: Iowa. 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 Yes, Matt. Give him a couple. Give him a couple more. All right, Matt. Iowa. Come on. Give him a
1: couple more. I married Iowa. There you go. Look at that. Married Iowa.
0: Call it out for Iowa people. Yes. We met a few other Iowans. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Um, well, we're going to keep talking about essentials, because uh, essentials are essential, right? And if you're going to go on a trip, um, your life has a, 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 beyond, a beyond trip that goes into the Canadian Rockies, and one of the things they do before you go on the trip, you bring your backpack, but then they, the guides come down, and they go, okay, um, let me see your backpack, and then they dump everything out, right? And you've got some things in there, it's a six-day trip, and the guides go through, and they start going, you don't need that. You don't need that. They get to your toilet paper and they go, you won't be needing this either. They put that away. You don't use toilet paper when you're when you going to the Canadians. I won't even talk about that because there's no reason, but you just don't. You don't need that, right? And then they go, but you are going to need this. And they give you an ice axe and they give you this bottle and they give you the stove. And they kind of go, these are what you really need. These are the essentials. Those other ones are the unessentials. And to go through our own lives and to be looking to go, what's really essential for where I'm going? And what, what am I caring that I'm not? When, um, when our daughter was five, um, Emma's 17 now, but when she was five, she was in kindergarten, and the little kindergarten that they um, went to, was a little public school, it was a great little, great little school, but um, the little routine was that they came in um, at, in the afternoon for lunch, and the girls always sat in one table, and then the boys sat in the other table. It just is kind of how they did it, and it seemed to make sense. And, um, and one day, one of the little boys, was it Ryan? Luke, sorry, I have a mental block on this kid. Um, Luke uh, had developed a little bit of a crush on Emma, and of course, she's beautiful, right? She's five years old, she's beautiful, and Luke um, decides that he's gonna do something about it. So he takes his little Spider-Man lunchbox, and he stands up, and he walks across the no man's zone that separates the tables, the girl tables from the boy tables. He walks straight across, major protocol violation here, and he walks over, and he sits down right next to Emma, the end, right next to Emma on the girls' table. And this causes a stir, right? A boy goes over and sits on the girls' table. And so all the girls start buzzing with, what is Luke doing over here? And Luke is obviously nervous because he's, like, he's committed now. He's come over, right? And uh, the guys are kind of agitated too, like, well, what's doing, you know, I mean, kind of a thing, and so looks at this little mailbox, or his little lunchbox, Spider-Man lunchbox, and he, he looks at him, and he kind of looks away, and he, he's just sort of caught up with all this energy, and then he just sort of goes, I love Emma! And just shouts it out. Just, just shout, like he can't hold it in, like it's a gusher, right? And all the girls then just scream in hysterics, right? Like, <laughs> like it's The Bachelorette or something. I mean, just like going, oh my gosh. All the guys are going, oh, cool, man, down, get out. I mean, you know, so there's just kind of pandemonium and the lunch ladies have to come in and restore order and all that kind of stuff, you know, and everything else. And so Renee, Renee tells me, she goes, hey, there was a little incident in the lunchroom today. And she kind of debriefs me and I'm coming home. It's the end of the day. I've been counseling families all day. And she tells me, so I bring Abigail and I go, Abigail. So I heard of Emma. Sorry. I bring Emma in and I go, hey, it's okay, right? It's, that's the right name, though, right? right? Okay. So, all right, I got the right name. So, or a child that we've made. Okay. So, um, so I go, Emma. I go, hey, mom told me about what was going on. She goes, yeah. And I go, I go, so how are you feeling? What's going on? And she goes, Dad, we've worked it out. We're just going to be friends. And I go, well, that's good. And I go, well, now, Emma, someday, though, just so you'll know, some, some boy may show up in your life and really want to be with you. If he's going to be with you, just remember, he's got to love you more than anyone else if he's really going to be with you." And Emma goes, okay, and she goes, actually, Dad, I, I think he needs to love Jesus a little bit more than me, right? That's right. I was testing you, Emma. Am I? Right? Because here's what, you know, just even in her little girl heart knew to kind of go, really, if the man that I'm going to be with someday loves Jesus more than me, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Because I know Jesus loves me. and As long as he loves me, I'll just be fine. And I tell you, in, in, in that little moment where she was working out kind of the reality of how relationships work and how they work best, I mean, she was already sensing. She was already, she's 17 now, so it's not so theoretical anymore mm-hmm. as when she was five. But this sense of going somewhere that, that Jesus is a pretty important part, even as we work out the relationships that we're having. And we think relationships are essential. Yeah.
1: So the essential thing that we want to talk about tonight is this whole idea of friendship, that it's essential. Like we talked about the whole idea of navigating our life today, right? That we need the immovable thing right we need the thing that we go fix our eyes on the true north so that we can go in the direction that sets us right but as we do that if we had a compass and we were by ourselves that's not ideal to what the bible tells us even as he looks at man he says it's best if you have a woman and even as jesus sends out the disciples he says it's always better than two yeah he understands community even in the sense of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's a community between the three, and they always refer to one another with these, these words of affirmation, this, these words of adoration towards one another. The Father talks, I mean, the Son talks about the Father. He talks about the Holy Spirit coming. The Father says how much He loves the Son. They all are in this community kind of relationship, because in the very beginning of time, that's what started. And He knows that we're best set up when we're in community when we have that kind of real connection with each other. Um, As you've heard, Don and I um, have been involved with Young Life, and besides the Young Life property camps like they have in Minnesota, like Castaway, we also have these expeditions. You can go out and take kids into the wilderness. And in 1994, um, I got to take a group of kids with some other leaders, and we did the expedition up in the Canadian Rockies. And we went up to a mountain called Mount Albert, which is a glacier. So you hike to the top of the glacier, yeah. and it's magical, incredible conversations that you get to have, and stunning, right? We always say, like, tonight's even sunset. We're like, wow, God's just showing off. Look yeah. at that, yeah. right? Just brilliance in, in everything that you see. So um, the first day on the descent, coming down from Mount Albert, there was a whiteout, which a whiteout on top of a glacier mountain, you couldn't see 10 feet in front of us. And the snow had turned to ice. And so they said, we need to be ready as we're descending that you might, they might hit some slippery spots. So as we started to descend, you could hear all of us were having trouble because we were crunching on the ice. And they had taught us how we were supposed to fall. And the girls were going, and then the guys were in front of me. And as I started to go, I got caught, and my feet slipped out from underneath me. And for the life of me, I could not remember how to stop myself. And once I started to go, I fell 75 feet and it was fast. And if you've ever had a time in your life that you go, I don't think I'm going to live, this was it for me. And when I stopped, there was an abrupt stop to, to me. And they yelled to me, Renee, are you okay? Because I was so far away. And I said yes. But even as I stopped, I realized that something severe had happened to me that as I pulled myself out of my backpack, I dislocated my shoulder severely and I chipped two vertebrae. At that point, they didn't know what had happened to me because my whole body went, went numb on my right side. So they thought that I broke my neck, so they actually had to send a Canadian, they sent two helicopters that couldn't get to us and the third one's Canadian Rescue Service that came and got me and they took me to a local hospital But the part of it that was so dangerous was that I didn't have anyone that was connected to me. As I fell, I fell fast. Because there was not anything holding me back. And as I went down the mountain, the thing that they found out that stopped me was when the sun came up, a patch of rocks that was exposed to the sun the day before had stopped me. And right after that was a descend down the mountain. And I would have died had it not stopped me. But there wasn't anything stopping my fall it was so slippery yeah
0: so that was the year that we were dating um she called me from this canadian hospital and i was really glad she was there and 15 years later i'm going on that same trip with our oldest son and while we're doing it we do this whole thing in snow school and we said hey when we're doing this glacier now we're roping in one of the reasons they're roping in i talked to the guy he goes yeah they've had people slide down this glacier and have to get helicoptered off i go i married one of them (laughs) Right? You know, father, son, we're here to climb the glacier. So when we climbed, we're roped in. And we're doing the glacier climb, and I've got three other guys on my rope team. And as we're climbing, these are little high school basketball players that weigh like 130 pounds. They're like tiger meat and twisted steel. They're just these rail athletes. And then I'm this, you know, middle-aged, clunky, thick guy. So we're hiking over the glacier, and we're four on a team. These guys are hiking, and as we're going up the high ridge, um, there are crevasses early in the season, you can't see because there's snow bridges covering them. And so the first two guys go right over and I get to the same spots and I drop down up to my armpits. And there's about a hundred foot crevasse that I'm now over. Which is a really interesting experience, by the way, um, middle, in the middle age of your life. And so I just yell safety and so these guys go to safety position because we're roped in, right? We're roped in and because we're roped in, if one guy drops, you've got three or four other guys into the safety position. So they, they drop their ice axes. I flatten out. I crawl over. I can't remember if I change my pants afterwards or not. Um, but uh, we made it to the top of the mountain. When you get to the top of the mountain, you get to put a band on. It's this band right here, which I still have on, um, to kind of go, we made it to the top of the mountain. We, we got off the mountain without the helicopter ride, and it was because we were roped in, right? We got to be roped in. You got to have a climbing team you got to have people that are willing to kind of go into dangerous places with you. And you're willing to go into dangerous places with them. That's really inessential if we're going to kind of live these big lives, these great lives, is we got folks on a rope team that are willing to do that.
1: Yeah. The difference between our two trips is that Don had the safety, right? He had this place where people were holding him. And even as we talk about this whole idea of essential friendship tonight, we'd say, We need to be tied into people that are willing to go to dangerous places with us. So in 1996, after we'd been married one year, we went to Young Life Property and we were um, summer staff coordinators, which is just helping with all of the college age um, work crew. And um, as we were there, we got a call and um, a whole new camp was coming in. We'd gotten the camp ready and a whole new camp was coming in. They called down and said, the bus was arriving from Dallas, Texas they said, Renee, could you jump on and bring them down to the pool? And I said, I'd love to. So I get on the, the bus, but I didn't know, but it was a whole bus full of special needs kids. And as I got on, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like, I didn't know we were doing any young life work to, the, to this population of kids, the marginalized, the overlooked, the unseen population of a high school campus. So I get on the bus, we go all the way down, and we go down to the pool, and as they're getting off, I'm just struck by, wow, what the Lord is doing with them, right? And watching their leaders love on them. And so um, there's the beginning, and there's always a big welcome with Young Life, and there's music, and there's popcorn, and the pool's open, and the game room's open, and everything like what we're doing here, and they're getting ready, right, for the camp. And so I'm down at the pool, and I'm talking to some of the leaders and some of the kids that are there, and then everyone starts to notice. All the attention starts to get shifted, because there's this kid who's a special needs kid and he comes out on the board. And everyone goes, oh, he comes out to the end of the board and he looks at the water and then he comes back. Then he comes out to the end of the water and then he comes back. And everyone starts to notice this kid who's on the board and they're like, oh, look, he wants to, but he doesn't know how to or he's too scared. And then pretty soon this round of like applause and then people start cheering and then they find out his name and then they say, Oh my gosh, let's cheer him on, just cheer him into the water. Pretty soon, like the whole pool area starts to gather up momentum. They're starting to cheer and chant his name. And then pretty soon, this big rush, he gets to the end. You can see he's found his courage. He's looking around at everyone. And then he goes and jumps in and splash. And we're all, that was great. That's so awesome. We're all standing there and we see the kid and he goes down to the bottom. And then out from out behind the crowd, the leader comes running through, like pushing people out of the way, stripping off his clothes, and he jumps into the pool. And we're like, oh my gosh, we just cheered a special needs kid into the bottom of the pool.
0: No. he doesn't know how to swim he
1: doesn't know how to swim and this, as we see it all happen the leader comes out and the kid comes out and, and then I look over and I go over to the kid and I go, I go I'm so sorry I go did you know you didn't know how to swim and he goes no I knew I didn't know how to swim and I, I was like what did you think was going to happen when you got to the, the bottom of the pool and he goes I knew my leader would come and get me Because over and over and over again, this leader had poured into him. He'd done the costly work of loving. What kind of assurance do you have that you can jump into a pool and you can't swim? You have the kind of assurance to know, like, someone is so willing to come after me. Someone is willing to jump in the deep end for me. Someone is willing to find me even though I'm lost in the bottom. And that's what friendship is about, right? Christ says, that's where I go for you. Yeah. And when we have that kind of friendship, we kind of sense, wow, people are willing to do the costly thing.
0: Yeah, it was, it was pretty clear that, um, you know, to, to step off of a board and to have that kind of confidence. Now, he did do a high five when he came up. Yeah. His leader brought him up and he still waved to the crowd because <laughs> he's a guy. So he's sure going to still do that. But that sense that, it's going to be really dangerous. In a real friendship, it's dangerous if you really trust people. Yeah. It's dangerous. It really is, right? And if you're really going to be a friend, it's costly. That leader didn't get much off. He went in that pool with wallet. I don't know if he had his phone. But he didn't do a lot of stripping. He was down to get his friend. And here's the deal, that it's designed to be dangerous. It's designed to be costly in a real friendship. These are not bargain relationships. These are treasure relationships. Right? And so that part, what's what's essential in our life together is to kind of go, are you willing, am I willing to really be dangerous, to really trust, to really step into things Mm -hmm. and kind of believe that there are people around us who, if and when, we need. Them, they will jump in, close and all, right? And if our friends go in the deep end, are we willing to go in after them? You willing to dive to the bottom, kind of and pull them up and say, hey, you forgot, you don't know how to swim. Hey, but that's okay. We're good, right? Um, I would say this, if, you, if, if we avoid the dangerous part and make our relationships safe, mm-hmm. we're going to miss something. We'll have safe relationships, but a safe relationship isn't necessarily a free relationship. It's yeah. safe, right? If we want to avoid the cost and make our relationships more affordable, mm-hmm. um, then we will they'll be fine, um, but they won't be rich and deep and transforming. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to be affordable. Mm-hmm. They're just costly. It's costly to love somebody. Mm-hmm. It's costly to show up. It's costly to stand with them when you don't have answers or insights and you still need to be there. When I, uh, when I turned, I think it was 45, 40 or 45, I was kind of trying to make a big, big decisions about my life. And so Renee goes, what do you want to do for your birthday? And there was a list of about 20 people who have been in, a, in my life for a long time, a community kind of like this one that had been walking with me since, you know, I was in high school and college. And I said, you know what, I'd like to get my best friends together and I'd like to hear from them about my life because I'm trying to make a big decision. And so Renee made a great cake. Was it a red velvet cake? Never. I think it was red velvet. And, um, and then we invited them all over, and we sat down, and we said, hey, so for my birthday, I want to hear from you guys. And it was, it was couples and, and a few single folks, but I go, I want to hear from you. We had some cake and coffee, and, and I go, I want to know what you see in my life. I'm trying to make some decisions about the next 10 or 15 years. And I had one friend who kind of goes, okay, so w- what do you what do you want us to say? He, like, he goes, do you want us to say like some really nice stuff? Is this like one of those love bomb things? Like, are we supposed to say real encouraging crap to you? And, and all? I go, no, no, I want the truth. Like, I want to hear the truth. Like, you guys have known me for a long time. I, I, I trust you. Tell me what you see in my life. Like, tell me who I am to you. And so one of the guys goes, uh, these are honest, right? Like, you want honest? I go, yeah, yeah, I want honest. He goes, okay. Uh, well, he goes, last year you told me that you were going to do this and this and uh, and that other thing, and um, and then you didn't. So, I, I don't know if you were like lying to yourself or lying to me or, you know, lying to both of us. Thank you, Pete. Thank you. And he goes, oh, no problem, right? I mean, kind of a <laughs> deal. <laughs> and then, and then somebody goes, uh, I got some stuff. And I mean, so they, they kind of jumped in. We were there for two and a half hours, right? Thank you. Oh, f- thank you, <laughs> right? And I mean, at the end of it, it was honest. Oh my gosh, it was honest, right? And uh, I just go, okay. And like, then they go, "Like this is your birthday present? And I go, yeah, you know what, I, 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 I know you guys love me, I need to hear this. And so at the end, I just go, hey, you know what, thank you, I didn't think it would be this long, and thanks for coming, and all that. So, you know, we were kind of getting ready to go, we said, let's wrap it up. And, and then, so we stood up, and, we were start, and they go, no, 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 they go, Wooster, get back here. And uh, I come back, and they pull a chair out, and they put it in the middle of the room. And they go, hey, just for the record, like, you're a mess. Um, but you know what, you're our mess. We just want to pray for you. And, and they, uh, they put me in that chair and they, they came around and they just prayed. Um, and I don't I can't explain everything that transacted, but their prayers over me, they're claiming me in all of my messiness. like there was something powerful in me right to go, man, I'm a mess and I'm their mess and they're claiming me. And I would say there's a danger and there's a cost when we're willing to show up and not just do sports news and weather, Mm -hmm. and not just be nice, and not just be tolerant, but to really risk. What would it be like to put ourselves in a place and say, seriously, I want to know what you see in me, and I'm willing to receive that, and I want to hear that. Yeah. You
1: know, we've talked about that night, and we've talked about the the whole thing that we feel like happened was there was something that healed that night and dawn. And we don't know exactly how, but something got healed. And maybe it was in the confession, maybe it was in the prayer, but something happened and shifted even in our marriage during that time. Because it's risky to ask a question and it's risky to tell the truth. And unless you have people who are carrying you in the context of community and friendship, that it's safe enough to do that. We're gonna finish our time by looking at one passage with the idea of this group of people that were willing to carry someone. And Jesus um, recognizes this group of people. And so, um, the passage is found in Mark two, and you might be familiar with it. A few days later, when Jesus entered Capernaum, the people heard that what he had come home he saw. He said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. I mean, you can picture the whole scene, right? They get word of it, but you know the conversation that happens before that is, They say to their friend, hey, so you're paralyzed. We'd like to do something for you. It took trust both for the paralytic and for the men to carry him. It takes trust on both sides. There are times that you need to be carried, and there's times that you're supposed to carry others. And both of them require a trust in God to say, someday— I need to be carried. If you're always carrying people and you're not letting other people carry you, that's not full friendship and vice versa because there's risk in being carried. The paralytic had to trust the four guys. Can you imagine being carried and then they's like, yeah, I guess we can't go through the front door. Get up on the roof. <laughs> Cut a hole in the roof. Like That's crazy.
0: These were former youth pastors, by the way. <laughs> we're almost sure that they had something to do with youth leaders because they're the only ones that go, all right, the roof, let's tear it off. Uh, we're getting these kids in. Uh, roof removal, a couple guys get up there, start pulling it down. Right, you gotta be a little extreme, you gotta be a little off to sort of go, there's no room, well, let's make some room. Okay, uh, get up there, Joe, let's, uh, you know, like that's just a little extreme to kind of go, we're getting them before Jesus. We, Maybe we got to do some, you know, less conventional things, but we'll do that, Mm -hmm. right?
1: So it takes this whole trust mechanism happening, right? But the essential part is that we have this place of connection to be dangerous with one another. We always call that, are you a dangerous friend? Are you willing to hear the hard thing? Are you also willing to say the hard thing? Are you willing to do it in the context of love? Are you willing to have such a cost in the friendship that you go, I'm willing to dive into the bottom of the pool for you? You're a mess right now, but you're our mess. That's the kind of friendship and community that the Lord is talking about. He goes, don't go it alone. It doesn't work if you go it alone. But it means that you have to first take the step in saying, you know what, here's what's going on with me. Here's the confession I have. Here's the place of need I have. Here's the thing that I'm praying for. Here's the thing that's burdening me. Here's the thing that's keeping me up at night. What about you? When you have those kind of confession and those kind of places with each other, it deepens your friendship. And then when you're willing to do the costly thing and say, I'm with you. I got your back. I'm with you in it.
0: If you've ever been in a place that you've lost your faith or your courage or your hope or your way and uh, you've had some folks come alongside and just carry you and you go i don't have any faith and they go we do yeah. i don't have any hope and they go we've got some mm-hmm. i don't have any insider or, or i don't have any peace we've got some right if you've ever been carried you know how holy that is mm-hmm. to be carried and if you've ever gotten to grab the in- stretcher for somebody else you go, let me believe for you let me, let, me, let me carry some of the burden for you, right? Um, I think a lot of these kids that were up here that he's KCs, I think a lot of you and a lot of other people have carried a faith and a vision for them. Mm-hmm. And they've picked that vision up. And now they're carrying it for some other people, these little people that are bouncing around on shoulders and looking up. And the way they're loving on your kids, they're painting a picture of what it looks like to kind of have that. And um, we think that's an essential that we have this experience, both of being willing to carry other people and to be carried. We think it's an essential part that makes our lives what they're supposed to be. Yeah,
1: we were talking to Kyle and Megan, their little daughter today, and she she was telling us it was really cold last year for uh, the dog sledding. sledding. And she said to us, she goes, oh yeah, it was really cold, like freezing. And she goes, it was costly, but it was worth it. (laughs) We're like, Isn't that the way that God has set up friendship? It's costly, but it's worth it. So we're going to finish our time um, by having you um, be in your small groups tonight. And um, what I'd like to do is um, I'd like you to pray tonight. And um, would you stand with us? So if you'd be so inclined as to be in a receiving position, if you want to put your hands out in front of you, do that. And I'm going to pray some things over you, and then you can respond by saying, "I received that." God's goodness and faithfulness to you.:
0: I receive that
1: God has paid a cost for you.:
0: I receive that
1: He's proud of you.: I receive that. You're doing it right. I receive that. He loves the design that he's put inside of you.
0: I receive that.
1: He has a good future for you. I receive that. He wants to bless you.
0: I receive that.
1: His faithfulness and mercy is new every day.
0: I receive that.
1: He has a new start for you. Thank you God for tonight and the gift of being together. We ask Lord that in this traveling, Lord, that we would not go it alone. That you would help us to do the costly and dangerous thing in friendship. Help us to know how to be a friend, Lord. Help us to know how to be transparent and authentic and have dangerous places that we go with one another. May our hearts be in front of you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.